When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Happy Saturday. Welcome along to Garibaldi Reds. I'm Max Sage, your host. I'm with you live for the next 20 minutes this morning to discuss Forrest's performance last night against Spurs as it now becomes one win in 13, three home defeats on the bounce, two away wins in 28 and a win ratio this season of 18%. Welcome along. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Joining me to discuss all of that and more is Forest fans Callum and Dan. Callum, let's start with you. Morning, mate. Thanks for, for coming on again. Good to see you. What did you make of the performance last night? Because... I don't think it was it was too bad, but it was just same old Forest with with silly silly errors, really, wasn't it? Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, it was it was still it was still obviously an improvement on Fulham, and it was kind of similar to the to the Wolves' performance in terms of tenacity. It was just lacking a bit of quality, wasn't it? Um, almost everywhere. I think I think that we I don't know <laughs> we've, we've there's some good opportunities but there's just no one to finish them off and when your keeper's doing what he did for the second goal there's no real way back into it even against 10 men um it just seems like we're lacking a lot everywhere I think even though it's the second game that we've we've gone with an unchanged side and it's obviously that side that Cooper's picked to kind of pull him out of a bad situation the players he trusts um and they've they've played well both times. It's just not been enough, um, and we're desperate for a striker, aren't we? It just doesn't feel like we're ever going to score, even against ten men. I said last night we've played against ten men four times a season, and we we've only scored a penalty. We haven't scored from open play, um, so it's it was an improvement. But with the stats you've just pulled out there, it's kind of it's it's not good enough at the moment. Still, even though it was a good performance against a good Spurs team, I say good. It was an okay performance. Um, Maybe he'd say that maybe another lesser team we might have scored or beat, but I don't know. And who's lesser? We come up against Bournemouth next, and you'd probably hope for a win there at home, but they're they're on fire. So um, I don't really know where the next goal and next point is going to come from, to be honest. Yeah, Bournemouth are the most informed team currently in the Premier League, so that'll be fun next week. We are live as well on YouTube and Facebook, Garibaldi Red and Nottingham Forest News. So if you want to get your comments uh, to me, Callum or Dan, then you're more than welcome to do so. Dan, you sit in the um, in the Lower Bridgeford at, at Forest. What did you make of it from your seat last night? Did you think it was just kind of same old Forest with the silly mistakes? Or kind of like Callum just said, we actually played all right in, in, in stages of it as well? Yeah, it's... Um... It's, it's it's one of them. We we were sort of the better team first half, and then. But I've sat I've, I've sat and watched Forest long enough to know you know you sort of know what's coming. And lo and behold, you know as, as people start going down for the for the halftime pints and that that you know cross comes in, he's got a free header, and we're one 0 down. And all of a sudden, all the hard work we've put in the first half is sort of undone straight away. 
Um, a bit like the second half. The second half was no different. We were we were probably the better team. You sort of thought, you know, we might, we might we might get a goal. We certainly had chances, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, the keeper just just squares it to um, to their player, and it's, it's two 0 and then it's game over. There's no way back. Um, we, we're dying for a striker. Um, I, I say it to everyone, to everyone who wants to listen, but you know who who's out there and. You know, I don't think it's is it just a striker. I think you know we're probably a bit scared to. A few times last night we were on the edge of the box, and you're thinking, just have a shot, just have a shot, and it's going back out wide again. And it's, um, but I think someone else told me we had 15 shots, so you know maybe we're just not making um, chance of the ones we're having, maybe. Yeah, um, and I think I think I think that's the problem that that, that Forest kind of. No matter what, at the minute, just it doesn't seem. Kind of, we don't seem to know where the next goal or or, or even wins coming from. Callum, I mean, Forest Spurs went down to ten men in the seventieth minute, but but even then, it just didn't look like Forest were going to score, did it? Um, I think the game could have gone on probably for a, another hour, and, and we just wouldn't have scored. Yeah, it just doesn't. It you could just tell sometimes, especially with Forest. Kind of, even against City, it was like when they went down to ten men, you kind of thought, well. Okay, well, at least we're not going to get battered. Maybe the goal difference will probably um, be helped out more than us actually coming back into the game and and scoring or um, equalising against Brighton. It felt like no matter what we would do, we didn't seem like we were going to score against ten men. Um, I mean, I, yesterday that chance of think was before the red card, but that chance fell to Willy Bolly, um, and I remember it falling to him and seeing him have all the time in the world. And I said out loud anyone but him before we hit. And it was one of those moments where you're finding you go, oh, I've said that. And it's, but you hate it because your players just missed a kind of an open opportunity. But I also thought, I said anyone but him, but I can't think of anyone but him that I really wanted it to fall to from that starting 11. Um, maybe Nico Williams, maybe. It looks like he can line up a shot from there. He did hit the post towards the end of the game from a similar position, but our right back being the player that I think of to have that opportunity um, isn't good. It's not... Um, it doesn't seem like anyone kind of knows how to hit the back of the net. I mean, a tough low scored the head of the other week and then missed the same opportunity, probably an easy opportunity towards the end of the game against Wolves. Um, Alanga is kind of, even if he does, he's, he's born offside. He was offside. I think we I think we were offside five times last night and it was Alanga every single time. Um, he loves the crossbar um, and he does score the other goal. He's, I think he's our top goal scorer at the moment, but it's only three goals. So who is it that you want it to fall to? Who is it that's going to, grab the game by the scruff of the neck and and do something. I think Gibbs White is that kind of player who can do that and create opportunities, but who's going to score them? Um, and yeah, like you said, we, we could have played forever. It didn't seem like we were ever going to score. It didn't seem like... I mean, we, we were causing issues. I think we had more shots than Tottenham overall in the game. And we were definitely the better team in the first half, I would say, as well. Um, but you just kind of feel like Alanga's going to get it on the wing, cut in and cross it. No one's going to no one's going to get to it, or he's going to run it out of play or get a corner. We're not going to beat the first man from the corner. It's just you can just see these patterns every single game. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think we do. We need a striker in January, but we need someone similar to Awanyu. We can't do a Chris Wood again or an Origi because they they just don't suit the type of the type of game that we play. Even when Chris Wood came on, I, I can't really remember him doing anything last night um, and I wouldn't blame him too much because I just don't think he's that that kind of striker that we need um, so it's, it's worrying we'd need someone desperately really really quickly in January it needs to be done early in January 
Yeah, we do. Lots of people kind of quick to blame the recruitment as well last night rather than on the pitch with the players or even Cooper. Uh, ben says in the comments, Cooper out, totally out of his depth at this level and tactically inept. He's taken us as far as he can. One win in 13 and two away wins in 28. We cannot rely on our home form keeping us up this year. Jason says we are awful with no style of play. Peter says we need to get a striker in the January transfer window. Um, Callum, what did you make of of Alanga's performance? You touched on him there about him being him being offside a lot. He showed that fight, and I, and I do think that the side was was playing for Cooper. I, I still don't think that this is a side that's given up, but it's it, it, I think it's just that that quality, and that's what that's what's stopping Forrest from from getting those wins at the minute. In a way, is is just the constant silly mistakes, isn't it? Yeah, I think with Alanga, I, I wanted him to be more of a impact sub. I thought we had enough depth um, that it was going to get to a point where he was just coming off the bench and just frightening defenders. And when he takes them on, he, he has all of them on toast when he runs at them. But I realised quite quickly at the start um, of the season that he he doesn't always take them on. He, he likes to cut back and he just kind of thinks, just, just go, just hit them. And then last night, a lot when he was when he was hitting them and running at them, he was running out of play or he was running out of ideas. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a raw talent and he's a, he's a good player. He's a really good player. It just seems like he's kind of what we're depending on a little bit up there to do everything. And that kind of kind of shows when we're starting him up front as a striker. He's not, he's not a striker. He's not a natural finisher. He struggles with the offside trap. Um, we need him out on the wing. We need someone else with a almost better or similar out on the other wing with Gibbs White in the 10 and a proper striker. And we can't do that at the moment. We can't trust any of our strikers. Um, we've got, we're having to play Gibbs White with Alanga. It's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't work um, going forward, especially. I think the team itself playing that back five and having the three midfielders, I think that's to solidify everything um, up so that we don't concede as much, but it's, it's really, we're really struggling up front. And like you say, even, even though there's a little bit of solidity in the back line, there's still mistakes and there's still letting the man go. And even at the start of the game, Son's opportunity at the start of the game, I thought, wow, we've started with five in defence again and they've just cut us open instantly. Um, players aren't tracking their man. And it was similar to the Wolves goal. They almost scored the exact goal that Wolves did. Um, it was a good save from Turner, actually. But, um, yeah, there's just individual mistakes and not enough going, going up front. Yeah, uh, Dan, I heard on, on Cooper's post-match interview last night with uh, with Colin Frey. Colin Frey asked him, when does kind of this blip become a crisis in a way? Do you think Forrest are in a crisis at the minute? Do you think, look, one win in 13, three home defeats now on the bounce. Do you fear that Forrest are going to be dragged into this relegation battle if we're not in it already? I think we are in it already, aren't we? I, I think, you know, the, when when it, when's, as, as, as we've all said, when's the next point coming from? When's the next win coming from um, everyone thinks next week's an easy game I'd probably say it's probably the hardest out of the lot um, yeah. we're, we're, we're worse against the the worst of teams if, if, if you want to call them that um, I think yeah I think he's I said it last night um, I think he even said it to yourself I think I think this is probably he's probably now Cooper is probably at the most vulnerable he's probably ever been uh, whether he likes to admit that or not and I heard his press conference where he said he doesn't Pay interest into that. I don't believe that. Um, I think the last two um, lineups have shown that he, he knows he's in a bit of trouble, um, and I don't know how long. I really don't know how long he's got left now. We, we're, I think, I think a three or four nil last night, and I think he, he'd have gone. I think. 
Yeah, um, still nothing from Forest. In fact, actually, their last social media post was the full-time post last night with the score uh, on a nice graphic. Uh, Billy says in the comments, people keep saying we need to sign a striker. Obviously, we do, but what decent striker is going to join a team in a relegation battle, knowing that they will likely be on the bench when, of course, Taiwo's fit. Um, Oriane says, up to Taiwo's injury, most people were behind Cooper. We need better recruitment to stay in the Premier League. No manager could pull results, pull results against top teams with the current lack of quality. Callum, I think that's the concerning thing, isn't it, really? is not only do we know not know where the next win's coming from, and of course, Cooper's under pressure. It's kind of on this one-game rolling basis, it seems, at the minute. But if Forrest were to make the change, who would come in? And do you think a manager could really get a tune out of, out of this current set of players? Which, on paper, you could argue is a better squad than last season. Yeah, that was my, that was my main point until... Um, I think after the Fulham game, I kind of thought who who can get a tune out of them. I don't really, I don't think we've got, I think we've got an unbalanced squad. Um, we've not got enough depth in attack. Um, we've not got, a, I, we've not got a good goalkeeper. We haven't, you can play as well as you want, but when your goalkeeper's doing that on multiple occasions in three different games, and we, we were trying to come back into it against Liverpool until he came flying out of his box and the Brentford game, he could have given away a penalty. Um, and maybe got sent off, so we might we were probably lucky to get at the point against Brentford. Um, there's there's certain things that you can't control, but um, the stats don't lie. The um, the one win in thirteen, it's just it's we we had Tyro for for a lot of those games, and we have I think we've got a better squad on paper. It's just I think we're leaving ourselves short in, in certain areas. I think the idea to get Sangare as the big blockbuster midfielder was was absolutely right. It was what we were missing last season, but what we needed last season was Brennan Johnson and we're missing that a little bit this season. As much as people don't want to admit that and that we've bought a Langer in and everything like that, we we are missing Brennan Johnson a little bit um going forward. We're missing we, we need any forward really. It's, we haven't we haven't really got any and when they come on it's it's kind of Callum Hudson Adoy. We look shot for confidence and doesn't really doesn't really look that fit and Alanga, which we've spoken about, is probably being played too much and being relied on too much. One, he's injured. Chris Wood is just not the kind of striker that we need. And Origi, I've I've no idea. I wouldn't mind us sending him back to Milan in January, to be honest. But that's what. what yeah, mm. I think I don't I don't know what a new manager comes in and and does with that. It would be it would have to be a very good manager. We speak about Cooper, and a lot of a lot of people kind of want you to get rid of that sentimentality, which is fair enough because you can't bring that into this league. But he did keep us up last season. And when you look at some of the sides that he had last season, some of the teams that he took to certain places, like people will slate Freuler and other players and Surridge and Coyate and bits like that. But we pulled some performances out of the bag with them last season with Steve Cooper. So he's not he's not a terrible manager. He's just, it, I don't know. I, I understand both sides to it. And maybe a new manager comes in, freshens everything up, new tactics, everything like that. And it goes, it goes great. And, that's what the owner would hope for. I think there's a reason we haven't got one yet because I think he does want to get rid of him. I think he's wanted to get rid of him for a long time um, and he's been waiting for an excuse, but I don't think we're we're that attracted at the moment to a manager. I don't think that Lopetegui would want to come to us personally. And I think each game that we lose and the closer we get to the bottom three and the more you look at our squad, who's going to come to us? It's like Sheffield United had to bite the bullet and go for Chris Wilder, which makes sense because that's a sentimentality kind of kind of manager for them who's going to, who they know what he's about, um, they looked at, they've looked okay since he came back. We haven't really got that. We're going to go for Billy Davis. It's not going to happen. It's 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 just 
we need to, we need an upgrade of a manager, and it's not necessarily out there. He's you know you just know that Steve Cooper would leave and go to Crystal Palace and just soar with them, and then we'd we'd kind of get. I don't know. And you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't want a Jesse Marsh sort of situation. Um, people talk about Emery. Villa went to Gerrard first. You have to get it right the first time. When you're, when you're in a relegation battle and when your squad's a little bit lopsided and Maranakis doesn't have the kind of the track record of picking excellent managers. Um, I think he's got the, the few that have been mentioned. I think they're, they're good candidates. Um, and if he's got one of them in the locker and he, he wants to get rid of Steve Cooper, then... Maybe maybe that's maybe that's the choice, but why hasn't he made that decision yet? So, yeah. Yeah, interesting points. Uh, Tom says in the comments, next two weeks will be massive in how our season goes. The manager situation needs sorting out, either with the owner is sticking with him or change now as this game-by-game uncertainty uncertainty is doing no one good. Sean also says, seem to recruit plenty of defenders and midfielders and looks like another one coming in January. Why are we not looking at wingers and the forward line? That's a very good point. Dan, do you think the recruitment's to blame more than Cooper? Speaking to someone outside the ground last night and they said to me, we can't really blame Cooper and the players. Um, you can blame the players more than Cooper, but but this lies on the recruitment and kind of Ross Wilson and the, the signings that that Forrest have made so far. Uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of both because who, a who's making the signings. Um, you would argue if you look at you know our, our bomb squad at the minute, you'd argue Santos, Tavares, Sangare aren't weren't Cooper's signings. They were done. They were done behind him. Uh, but then Chris Wood was one of his signings and he's not, I don't think he had a touch last night. Um, so it, it's, it's all right saying, you know, who's, and I think because we're a bit more invested in the teams than say someone, I was, someone said to Bright about Brighton last night and about Brighton only make good signings. I says, they probably don't. I says, but you only see the good signings because you're not invested into the club. Do you get what I mean with that? So yeah. like we're only we we see all the bad signings because we're so we see them week in week out. We're so invested in in Forest, whereas other clubs probably do make bad signings, but we don't see it because um, they you know we're not we're not bothered about what they're what they're up to. Um, are our signings good enough? Probably not. Would someone else get a tune out of them again? Probably. You don't know. Chris, if Chris Wood was to leave in January. I, I he could go anywhere and he'd probably score ten goals. That's that's just how football works, isn't it? There's no, it really is. Yeah, he he would go go to Luton or to, back to Burnley or somewhere. And you could see him getting you know ten goals. No no problem. It's just one of them things in football. We seem to sign players that don't work for us, and then we'll move them on, and they'll um sorry, and they'll um they'll go get a tune somewhere else. So yeah, it's it's sort of the signings probably aren't what we needed, but. Again, someone wanted them. We was at Sangare for over a year, so that's not that's not something that's come out of nowhere, um, you know. And now he's not even he can't even get on in the bench on the bench to man the team. Yeah, and and you could argue there as well, Dan. You mentioned there about kind of people not being invested into clubs and, and kind of seeing what they do on and off the pitch, week in week out. And that's the problem from an outsider point of view, isn't it? When people go, oh, he, you know, Forrest maybe shouldn't get rid of Steve Cooper because of all he's done for the club and, and the sentiment value. But then in the same way, Dan, I'm sure you follow Forrest home and away, and you see week in week out, and, and one winning thirteen really at the minute just simply isn't good enough. You could argue. Yeah, well, in the last two years in the Prem, I've. I've... The only I miss Southampton away. I've only seen us win one away game in, in two years. I think I've, I've seen us win none. I've seen us win none. Yeah, exactly. So you know, uh, and I don't think I think now, uh, whereas it's, it was a bit different when we beat Leeds, beat us, and we sort of thought he was going to go then, and then last year when Leicester beat us, and he sort of thought he was going to go then. I think now, I think a lot more fans, uh, not on the turn of him going, but on the turn of 
if he goes, then you know you sort of you, you sort of remember. Oh yeah, well he, you know he's done a good job, but you know sentiment you you can't you know do you think Le- well Le- Leicester when they got rid of Ranieri after they won the Premier League or Pellegrini when uh, Guardiola was available, you know he you know he just won the Premier League, Guardiola was available and, and Man City were like oh cheers mate, well someone's better, someone better's here now. No one thought any less of it, you know. They're still it's still going to be known as you know oh he got us in the Premier League and you know we were bottom and, and all that, but I think results come better. I'd have. I'd have anyone in charge at the minute if it meant we started winning games. You know what I mean? It's not it's not fun going to games anymore um, at the minute, and, and that and that's only going to get worse. And, and we're really, as a club, we're we're quick to turn really sour out of nowhere, um, and that's not happened yet. But it, I don't think it'll be long. Um, you see, loads there was hardly anyone left in the ground last night at the, the final whistle. Um, you know, and that's only going to keep happening as we, as we keep getting beat. Yeah, Caleb, I think I, I, I saw something on social media last night. And, and again, this was from an outsider's point of view. And he was like, you know, I, I kind of can't see why the Forest fans are upset. All right, you know, it's one win in 13. But then in the same way, you're still above the relegation zone. You've got Everton below us. But but at, at what point do, do Forest actually start going, hang on a minute, we're in a real crisis now and we really need to sort something? Yeah, I mean, like, Everton are going to be above us. If they're playing today, I think it is. They've got Burnley. They're going to be above us very soon. And that's with a 10-point deduction. That's embarrassing. Um, Burnley, uh, but, I mean, if Burnley pull out a result against Everton, I think they they come straight up as well. They're, they're all breathing down our necks already. Um, and each game that goes by, these teams below us, the, the whole kind of idea was, touch on what Dan said there as well, the, the recruitment, it, I wouldn't, last season we couldn't blame the recruitment because they had to get so many players in. This was the season to kind of rectify the issues, get rid of the bad players, bring in the good players. That's what you can blame the recruitment for in a way. But they did look like good players on paper. Sangare is a good player. It's someone that I... Um, I've been watching for a long time. I couldn't believe that we'd signed him. There was a, there's, a, there's a podcast called Tifo Podcast. I think a lot of people might have heard of it. And they they used to sing his praises all the time. And there was one one guy in that podcast who absolutely loved him and was kind of surprised that he wasn't going to Liverpool and he was coming to Forest. So he's not a bad player. It's just that, like Dan said, it seems like we sign these players and they don't really fit our system. People are saying, let's get Adebayo from Luton. That was a, that was a big thing last week. Um, he probably come and do nothing. That's just how it, how it goes sometimes at Forest. Um, and yeah, these teams below us, they're, they're like, like I said before, Sheffield United bringing Chris Wilder back. It just seems to, that seems like a, a kind of coy decision. It seems quite right to do. It just seems like it's going to suit them. Um, Burnley are the kind of team that I think are trying too hard to play football a little bit like we did last season and they're not really learning the lesson. They might they might well learn the lesson. They're still on eight points um, up to this point. Luton, they're the type, that's the kind of team that do buy players to fit their system. Some of the players you can't believe that are in the Premier League, but they, they work and it suits it suits that team and they just seem to be, it's kind of like those last season, that fortress at home. It's not easy to go there. They've got a point against Liverpool. They pushed Arsenal to the end. They pushed City. Um, they're going to be able to pick up points and we're not, we're not picking up points and we, it doesn't seem like we can pick up points anywhere. Um, and it's, it's scary. There's no reason that we don't fall into the bottom three and there's absolutely, there's not really any reason we, we don't find ourselves bottom very soon. If, if teams below us start picking up wins, I, I can't see where ours is coming from. Um, and it's, it is worrying. I don't think there's any teams above us that will get pulled into it. Bournemouth look absolutely fine now. Crystal Palace are struggling with injuries, but it's Crystal Palace. They'll probably end up mid-table. Um, Wolves look really good now. And that's that's above us. I don't I don't see us going above anyone at the moment. It's just looking over our shoulder again for an entire season. So 
it's fine looking at it from an outside point of view, saying, oh, it might just be one in 13. One in 13 is, is terrible. And two away wins since we've come up is terrible. Um, it's, it's bleak. Everything's looking quite worrying. I think I'm more worried now for relegation than I was last season, which is crazy because last season it was, it was driving me mental every single week relegation was last year. And I was convinced it was going to happen at one point. And now I'm even more worried and doesn't feel like we should be, should be like that after, after a transfer window. Yeah. Good point. Dan, just kind of quickly then before we wrap up, um, what do you think Forrest will do with Cooper? And do you think that maybe now is the time to make a change if there is time to make it? Um, I think I think if we, I think he might get next week, um, and I think if we lose next week, he'll probably go. I don't think he'll get the window if we don't pick up a win. Um, you know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know that that, that that's everyone everyone's entitled to their opinion. But at the end of the day, we all want to see Forest winning football matches, and at the minute, we're not doing that. Um, so at some point, something has got to change. You can't sack all the players. You also can't bomb all the players out. You know, Sangare is not going to sit in the bomb squad. You know, 40 million, 50 million we paid for him. He's going to come back in the team at some point because he's not going to be sold in January. So at some point, he's going to come back in the team, uh, whether it be with Cooper or out Cooper. Um, and yeah, I just we've just got to start winning matches and we've started, Marinakis has got to start seeing him. He's, he's invested more money into the club than anyone ever in the history of Forest. You know, and at some point, he's going to want to see us getting something out of that money that he's putting in. Yeah, Callum, just the same point really put across to you. Do you think now's the time to maybe make a change? If if any time, yeah, because the, the Bournemouth game next is what you want more than the games coming after that. I'm not too sure exactly what the fixture order is, but the um, the games, I think we've got Newcastle and Man United coming up and, yeah. and bits like that, so you don't want to bring anyone into that. Um, I think one one big point as well on recruitment is, as Dan said before, uh, Chris Wood was a Steve Cooper sign, and I think he wanted Andre Ayew last season. I think maybe the owner might want a manager for the January window that wants to put his player input in there so that we can he can kind of be on the same page as the manager. And I think maybe there'll be there could be you might want a manager that will bring in better players and know of better players because Chris Wood and Andre Ayew and players like that aren't going to pull us out of anything. So um, yeah, potentially. Yeah, lovely stuff. Dan, Callum, thank you very much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it both. Uh, remember, we will be back on Monday morning for our main episode on Garibaldi Red, where we'll reflect on the game in more detail and look ahead to Bournemouth, the game before Christmas for Forest. Keep up to date with us, Garibaldi Red underscore on Twitter and Nottingham Forest News on Facebook. Thank you for all your comments and your likes. Remember to follow us across all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube and we will see you very soon thanks for your company this morning have a great rest of your Saturday bye bye